0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 46. But before we do that, we're going to look at some old ancient prophecies. Uh, The first was spoken by the prophet Nathan to King David. Uh, King David was the greatest king of Israel. And we read in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, in other words, when David has died, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. So God is promising David that when he's died, that one of his sons, one of his descendants will rule as king. And then in verse 14, he says, I will be his father and he will be my son. This king will have a very intimate father-son relationship with God. And verse 16, your house and your kingdom would endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So this king, the son of David, his kingdom will last forever. Now initially, this prophecy was partially fulfilled through Solomon, who was David's son. But ultimately, it points to the ultimate son of David, the ultimate descendant of David, who would be the unique son of God, would be uh, uh, God himself. And um, his kingdom would literally endure forever. Now, this ultimate descendant of David, this ultimate son of David, was known as the Messiah. The second prophecy was given by the prophet Isaiah. And we read in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel." And again, this uh, prophecy found partial fulfillment in Isaiah's own day with the birth of the king Hezekiah. So a virgin would have gotten married, and in a very natural way would have given birth to a son, Hezekiah, who was himself a descendant of David. But ultimately, this prophecy points to the ultimate son of David, the the, the Messiah, who would literally be born of a virgin and uh, would be the true Emmanuel, which means God with us would literally be God with us in the flesh. Now, these prophecies were spoken hundreds, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. By the time Jesus was born, there was no descendant of David ruling as king. Rather, Herod the Great, that imposter and self-proclaimed king of the Jews, was ruling over Israel as a puppet king For the Roman Empire. And Herod and the Roman Empire were exploiting the people through very high taxes and the like. So the Jews, the people of God, were were waiting, longing, and hoping for these prophecies to be fulfilled. For God to intervene and to enter into human history through His Messiah and to put the world to right. And it's within this context that we pick up the reading in Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 46. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. What? I can't believe it. Elizabeth is pregnant. (gasps) You know what that means? Mary is pregnant. But that's impossible, isn't it? Well, let me start at the beginning. It all happened a couple of days ago. Mary and I were, were doing our usual house chores, you know, cleaning the house and going to fetch water from the, the only well in Nazareth. That, that's where we're from. Nazareth? What? You haven't heard of Nazareth? Well, that's not surprising. No one has. It's just a small little village, rural village in the middle of nowhere. In Galilee, in the northern part of Israel, we have about well, fewer than 100 people living there. Anyhow, I could tell something was up, something was wrong. Mary was acting all strange, kind of anxious and nervous, and yet excited at the same time. It, it, it was just weird. Okay, fair enough. She has been anxious and nervous and excited ever since her engagement with Joseph planning the big day, sending out the invitations and so on. And by the way, being engaged in our culture is a big deal. I mean, unlike yours. Uh, being engaged is, I mean, firstly, there is a, a big ceremony and, and it's, a, it's a legal binding contract which can only be broken by divorce or death. And uh, that the married couple... Uh, they, they, well, they continue to live with their parents. The girl stays with her parents. The guy stays with his parents until the wedding day. And then there's another big ceremony and a big party. And then, and only then, will the girl go to live with her husband. And during the engagement, if they want to see each other, they have to be chaperoned. And of course, I was the poor sod who always landed with the chaperoning duties. Watching the two of them gazing into each other's eyes, so in love, so young, just makes me sick. And Mary constantly going on and on about the house she wants Joseph to build for her. I don't know what planet she's living on. I mean, even Joseph rolled his eyes a couple of times. He's got no chance of providing that house. I mean, he's just a poor, young Tradesman, He's a carpenter. I mean, he's only about 18 years old. He can't even grow a proper beard yet. Sure, look, he's working really hard to provide for Mary. But these are tough times. These are hard times. The Romans are exploiting us with very high taxes. They'll be lucky if he's able to provide them with a house, no matter how hard he works. I would say to Mary time and time again, look, There is no justice for poor peasants like us. But she was always like, oh, it's going to be okay. Messiah is going to come and he will make everything right. He will sort everything out. There will be justice for the poor. She's such an idealist. Typical 14-year-old. I'm a realist. Look, these ancient prophecies about God intervening, stepping into human history through his Messiah and sorting everything out, well, they're over 900 years old, and we're still waiting. It's not going to happen. Messiah is not coming. I would tell her time and time again, look, Mary, the best thing you can do is make the best out of a bad situation. And give up all this religious mumbo-jumbo about Messiah. Anyhow, finally I got a private moment with Mary. And I said to her, what is it? I can tell something's up. She looked this way, she looked that way, make sure no one was listening, and then she said, I'm pregnant. I just lost it. What? What? You little tramp, all this time we thought you were the religious one in the family, the virtuous one, the devoted one, devoted to your God, going to synagogue all the time. But all this time, you and Joseph behind our backs, you little tramp. And she was like, no, 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 it's not Joseph. I was like, what? It's not Joseph? Joseph? You adulterous teenager tramp sleeping around with other men. What's mother going to say? What's father going to say? Androsa, he will divorce you. He will publicly throw you out. You will bring shame on our family. And you're engaged. That's adultery in our law. They can stone you to death for adultery. And even if they don't stone you to death... Your life is over. You are damaged goods. No one's going to marry you now. Your life's over. Now tell me, who is this guy? What is his name? Because I'm going to get our brothers and we're going to teach him some manners. And she went, no, 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 no. There is no other man. I was like, what? What do you mean there is no other man? She said that last night a messenger of God came to her, the messenger Gabriel, and that he said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the Most High God. What a relief! I sighed a huge sigh of relief. And then I put on my counseling voice, and spoke very slowly and calmly. And I said, My poor, naive little Mary, you are not pregnant. It doesn't work like that. Messengers of God don't bring little babies. I can assure you, you are not pregnant. Look, before you marry Joseph... Mother, will have a little chat with you about how it does happen. Okay? And she was like, I know that. I've already had the little chat with Mom. I know all about the birds and the bees. I was like, oh, so you know. She was like, yes. I know how babies are made. That's why I said to the angel, how will this be? Since I am a virgin. And the messenger of God said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I was like, you can't be serious. Do you seriously believe that God, that that the power and the presence of God has come upon you and has created a baby in your womb? and, And that this baby It is going to be the Holy One, the the Son of God, God with us? You can't be serious. She was like, yes, yes, I believe it's true. And the angel said, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I rolled my eyes. Okay, you have totally lost the plot now. There is absolutely no way old Elizabeth is going to be pregnant. I mean, she has been barren for a whole life, and, and now she is way too old to have a baby. There is absolutely no way she is pregnant, and you are not pregnant. But she wasn't listening to me. She kept on insisting that we needed to go and see Elizabeth. And I was like, you've got to be ridiculous. There's no way I'm going all the way to Judea to see Elizabeth. There's no way she's going to be pregnant. Look, it's all good, well and true to have a simple faith, but please don't be so naive. But she kept on insisting that it was true, that the the messenger of God had said blah, 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 before I knew it. I was on the back of a wagon, being pulled by a donkey, for four days, all the way to Judea, stuck with Mary, going on and on about being pregnant. Do you think it can be true? No. Do you think Elizabeth is going to be pregnant? No. Do you think this could be the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy and that I could be the virgin and that my baby's going to be Emmanuel, God with us, God literally with us in the flesh? Oh, give it a break. But then we arrived at Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth was pregnant. Six months. She was even showing. She had a nice, neat little bump. I couldn't believe it. I mean, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, if I hadn't touched the bomb, I would have never believed it. But it was true. She was pregnant. And you know what that means? That means Mary is pregnant. But that's impossible, isn't it? Well, I guess if God could... Could make Elizabeth pregnant even at her age, then I guess anything is possible for God. And I guess if, if God could bring the whole universe into being, then he could bring about a new creation in Mary's womb. But then that would mean that, that Mary's baby is the Messiah, that the, the true king, the son of David. And even more so. That would mean that her baby is the Son of the Most High. He is the unique Son of God, the Emmanuel, God with us, God entering into human history as a human, as a baby. Wow. But but it, but it can't be. I mean, it, it, it's all wrong. I mean, the Son of God wouldn't choose to. To enter into the world through Mary, through, through a peasant girl, a, a teenager from the back or beyond, from Nazareth? I mean, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, she's not even married. What, what a scandal. The Son of God would choose a princess who who is of royal blood living in a palace in Jerusalem. Not a poor peasant girl, teenager. But Elizabeth is pregnant. So it must be true. But what does that mean? Why would God choose Mary? What does that mean? Well, I guess it means we can trust God to fulfill these promises. And I guess it means that God doesn't love us from afar. God doesn't remain aloof and distant, but He's, but he's near and, and He's intimately involved in our life. God's not distant, but he's, he's in the womb of Mary. How much closer than that could He possibly be? And I guess it means that He cares about us and loves us, even as poor peasant girls that the rest of the world has written off. Nobody's forgotten people from the back of beyond. He cares and He loves us so much that He he identifies with us and He becomes one of us. Wow. Wow. I guess that means God is finally intervening. Stepping into human history to put the world to right. To renew it. Redeem it. Save it. No wonder the baby is going to be called Jesus because Jesus means the Lord saves Wow. And to think that God's going to do all of this as a human, as a baby. I wonder what this baby would do. I wonder if people would even take notice. I wonder what his message will be. It's just so amazing, it's it's so awesome, it's so amazing, it's hard to comprehend. But you know what I find even more amazing? Is Mary's faith. Her simple but very sincere faith. She simply believed God, she simply believed what God had said through his messenger. You know, I, I needed hard evidence. She simply believed. Oh, she had a lot of questions. How can this be since I'm a virgin? She had a lot of questions and she kept on questioning and questioning, but she never stopped believing. That's great faith. I wish I had faith like Mary. How about you? Do you have faith like Mary? Luke chapter 1. And verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Let's pray. And as we pray, just reflect on those questions. I wonder what this baby would do. I wonder if people would even take notice. I wonder what his message would be to us. And can I have faith like Mary? Heavenly Father, we... We just stand in awe and wonder at the mystery that you entered into human history as a human, as a baby, because you loved us. Father, help us to be captured by a sense of awe and wonder at what you did, and that ultimately you came to die, to die for us, so that we could experience your love, your forgiveness and your peace. And Father, help us to have that faith, that faith like Mary, to receive your gift so that we too could be blessed with your love, forgiveness and peace. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abercrombie Baptist Church, Please visit our website at abacavenibaptist